If I could invite you to remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go and anoint Jesus' dead body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they came to the tomb. They were saying to each other, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance for us? When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, and it was a very large stone. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated on the right side, and they were startled. But he said to them, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. Overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. They promptly report. Well, here's okay. So here's adding later adding uh, endings. They promptly reported all of the young man's instructions to those who were with Peter. Afterward, through the work of his disciples, Jesus sent out from the east to the west the sacred and undying message of eternal salvation, or the second ending. After Jesus rose up early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to the ones who had been with him who were mourning and weeping. But even after they heard the news, they didn't believe that Jesus was alive and that Mary had seen him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. It's good to be with you all here this morning on this second Sunday of Easter. What a great week we had last week with Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then our Easter celebration on Sunday. It was a nice return compared to Easter last year which was such an interesting experience for all of us. And so today we're going to be beginning a new sermon series called Faithful, where we're going to be looking at some of the women from the Old and the New Testament. And as I was reading this past week and rereading the Easter story, I got to thinking about some of those women who both worked and participated in the ministry of God, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. And so we're going to be looking at how some of these individuals played an important role in both the Gospels, the New Testament, and the Old Testament. So this morning we're revisiting the tomb, which we didn't read this uh, Gospel account, Mark's Gospel of the Resurrection of Jesus last week. We read Matthew's Gospel, and so today we read Mark's version of going to the tomb with Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene has been given the term by some biblical scholars as the most important female disciple of Jesus Christ. She's probably the most mentioned woman in the New Testament, and she's also the, probably the most misunderstood woman in the New Testament. And she's named at least 12 times in the Gospels by name, which is more than many of the disciples if you think about it. And so as we're going to see in a bit, and as we talk about her, we're going to see how she was the leading character in the story of Jesus and his crucifixion, while also serving as a primary witness to the resurrection. Hippolytus of Rome, who was a third century theologian, gave Mary Magdalene this name, to the apostles. 
because of her role in carrying the gospel message, the resurrection story, as we've read it in Matthew 28 last week and then this week in the gospel of Mark, and as we see in the other gospels, that Mary was one of the women who went to the tomb and who left after encountering both Jesus and the angels, depending on the gospel account and carrying the gospel message to Peter and the others. And so what do we know about her? The first is we assume she's called Mary Magdalene because of her place of origin, which is that star right there next to the Sea of Galilee. And that's the the small fishing village called Magdala, which was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Magdala in biblical times was pretty insignificant. Pre-Jesus' time, it was more significant. But then when the uh, city of Capernaum grew and then later Tiberias to the south, it became less significant. In the 70s is when Magdala began to be excavated in Israel. And in Magdala, they've uncovered so far an ancient Roman city. And then from 2009 to the present, they've uncovered a more ancient Jewish city that has ritual baths and other buildings and structures that would have been the buildings and structures that, you know, were basically there during the time of Jesus. And so there's tradition about Mary Magdalene, and then there's what we find from the Bible. Some of it's consistent with Scripture, and some of it isn't. One is the view that she's the wife of Jesus. That's non-biblical. It's the one that was presented in Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, which I read and was a wonderful book. The second more common idea is that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. And this idea took root in the 6th century when Pope Gregory associated in a sermon that Mary Magdalene was the same woman that Jesus spoke to in the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. Because her story is introduced in Luke in chapter 8. And so what Gregory did is just lump the two women together, and, and that's an association that's continued ever since. It's not accurate. In Luke's gospel, if you think about Luke's gospel, and if we think about what we know about Luke in his writing of his gospel, Luke was Greek, he was scientific. He, knew, he was a doctor, we assume, right? And so the way that Luke would have presented is he would have not inadvertently not listed some characteristic about Mary Magdalene if it wasn't something that he felt was crucial for you and I to understand. And so if she was a prostitute, he certainly would have written that. But instead, we read in Luke 8 a different presentation of this woman where he introduces some female followers of Jesus Christ. It says, Soon afterward, Jesus traveled through the cities and villages, preaching and proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom. The twelve were with him, along with some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had been thrown out, Joanna, the wife of Herod's servant Chusa, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. So what does Luke tell us? He tells us who she is. Luke's the only gospel that gives us the name of Mary Magdalene before we encounter her at the cross of Jesus. And so he tells us this. He says, she's freed by seven demons that Jesus cast out. She was a financial supporter of Jesus along with these other women. 
And she journeyed with Jesus and the disciples, and she served as a witness to the ministry of Jesus. Now here's where Luke could have been more helpful, I think. As he doesn't ever tell us when Jesus cast the seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Wouldn't that have helped in our story? But what we know is that she encountered Jesus. Now we can look at Mark 5 and we can see a picture of someone who who was consumed by demons. Mark 5, 2 through 5, we read of a man who was possessed by demons and was affected. In Mark 5, it tells us that Jesus and the disciples were on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. And they went from the, the Jewish side, the Israel side, to the opposite shore, which was the land of the Gerasenes. The Gerasenes were Gentiles, and so they weren't Jewish. And, and there was a man, and as Jesus got out on the far shore of the Sea of Galilee... Mark writes, as soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs. This man lived among the tombs. No one was strong enough to restrain him, even with a chain. He had been secured many times with leg irons and chains, but he broke the chains, smashed the leg irons. No one was tough enough to control him. Night and day in the tombs and in the hills, he would howl and cut himself with stones. (coughs) So we know the rest of this story, don't we? Is that Jesus stepped onto the shore and the the demons within this man called out to Jesus and said, Jesus, son of the most high God, basically leave us alone. And Jesus said, what is your name? And they said, our name is Legion, Legion because we are many. And instead of casting them out, the demons said, let us be cast into that herd of pigs. And so Jesus did so and, and the pigs ran off the cliff into the Sea of Galilee with the demons in them. But Mark writes that the Gerasene man was healed, and more importantly, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And I share with you this story from Mark 5, because I think this Gerasene man's story could, not, it could be very similar to the story of Mary Magdalene, couldn't it? Of someone that, that was dealing with, with something that was beyond their control, that was consuming them. She could have been the one seeking to, to um, hide or, or find place, uh, you know, hide in places of death like this man. She could have been the one that was trying to remain unbound and unrestrained. This could have been her story until she also encountered Jesus Christ. And none of the Gospels tell us how Mary's life was before Jesus. All Luke tells us is there was Mary Magdalene whom Jesus cast seven, who Jesus threw seven demons out from. We can imagine, but really it's not that important. Because what's that is important for us to think about this story is that her encounter with Jesus Christ released her from the bondage and from the burdens that she was carrying. It removed her from the darkness. It brought her out of the places that she was hiding, and it brought her into the light of God. And so this woman who had previously sought to to avoid Jesus is now able to seek Jesus, to follow Jesus. And as Luke tells us, she was even able someone to, to support Jesus. See, friends, she encountered Jesus, and her life wasn't just changed. But what her, her life was transformed, wasn't it? 
And in choosing to follow Jesus, she did more than than just choose to follow him. But she took on the yoke of discipleship, just like Peter and James and John and all of the others. She took this yoke upon herself with Susanna and Joanna and these others that Luke obviously deemed important enough to list in the gospel. Because Luke didn't write things that were unimportant in his gospel. And her discipleship, her transformation, her choosing to follow Jesus did not end until she ended up at the cross of Jesus himself. Matthew, Mark, and John all say that Mary Magdalene stood with Mary, mother of Jesus, Salome, the mother of James and John, and another Mary who was the mother of James the Less and Joseph when Jesus was crucified. Of all those who had professed to follow Jesus Christ, who had devoted three years of their lives to following Jesus, these are the ones that have remained. As the others have fled, as the others have ran away, as the others have chosen to remain hidden, these women have remained until the bitter end. And as they watched the events unfold, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were able to secretly watch Joseph of Arimathea Get the body of Jesus, along with Nicodemus from the Gospel of John chapter 3. They were able to take the body of Jesus. They were able to hurriedly prepare it for burial. And then they were able to put Jesus in the tomb. And Mary, the Marys, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were able to see where he was laid. And so on that Easter morning, the two of them went to where they found that the stone had been rolled away. They were the first to encounter the angel in the tomb. They were the first to go tell someone the message, don't be alarmed, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised, he isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he was going to go ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. So Mark's gospel, that's the extended ending to Mark's gospel that we've read this morning, that was added to his gospel in the first or second century. It's likely oral tradition, but it tells us more about Mary. For in these verses, Jesus first appears to Mary Magdalene. He didn't appear to his mother. He didn't appear to the rest of the women. He didn't appear to Peter or any other one of the twelve. Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene, making her the one who became the apostle to the apostles, carrying the message of Jesus Christ, carrying the message of the resurrection, carrying the message that God had given her to carry to the others. See, friends, she came to the tomb expecting darkness. And instead, she encountered the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and she became part of that party. And as we look at her story as a whole, her story is a story of hope. Hope that we can look to when we think and when we find ourselves in positions and in places where things just seem absent of light, where it seems dark, where it's overwhelming, where where there's no way out or we don't think there's a way out. Because I'm pretty sure that's where Mary Magdalene was when Jesus first encountered her. And I'm pretty sure that she heard the words that called her from hopelessness 
and that called her from, from despair. And she heard the words that called her to come out into the light. The light of God that is offered to each of us through Jesus Christ. See, when we find ourselves in places and in times when things just seem just, you know, dark, not great, that's when Jesus is going to meet us as he calls us from hopelessness and as he offers us grace and as he offers us hope and as he offers us life and as he gives us the opportunity to transform ourselves so that we can be transformed by him. That's the story of Mary Magdalene, who was not just a woman who followed Jesus, but who became an apostle to the apostles and one that we can look at and see how God can and does transform our lives through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen.